Welcome and thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you are about to hear was carefully crafted with you in mind. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's Pastor Joe Salcido delivering this week's sermon. Dear Lord, we are again grateful to be gathered here tonight to learn more about you, about your ways, about your will for our lives, Lord God. Father, tonight, again, we pray for the lost soul that you have brought here this evening. Lord God, if this will be the evening that we'll surrender our lives to you, Father, and we'll be able to witness it, Lord, we're thankful. I pray that uh, for everyone here tonight, Lord, that we will hear from you in you alone, Lord God. Speak through me once again, Father. Lord, don't let me say anything that's not true about your about you and about your ways. Let the truth and the truth alone be spoken. Father, override my preparations at the same time, Lord, I pray that you bless it. Be pleased with us tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are still in our journey in the second book of Corinthians. The beauty about expository preaching is that God sets the agenda for us, correct? Right. You might not like the topics, but it's God who has that agenda for us. So we're about to finish in the second book of Corinthians, actually. So if you don't do your own journey as a believer, which I say is wrong, if you've been coming here faithfully every Sunday, you'll be able to, this is going to be your second book because we finished the first Corinthians before, and now we're going to be almost finished at 2 Corinthians. I titled our message, oh, by the way, next week, it's the Father's Day. Um, if you're a dad, please be here. <laughs> uh, and there's going to be a pot bless for you. Uh, so next week is our pot bless, okay? So please be here. So our title is, is this? Ready? All right. Thou shalt not practice, quote-unquote, selective hearing. For those of you who didn't hear me there, just look here. Thou shalt not practice selective hearing. We're going to be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 to 15. Did you know that selective hearing is actually uh, a medical uh, condition? It is, it is. I was surprised to find out, too. It truly is. Selective auditory attention or selective hearing is a type of selective attention that involves the auditory system of the nervous system. Selective hearing is characterized as the action in which people focus their attention on a specific source of a sound or spoken words. The sounds and noise in the surrounding environment is heard by the auditory system, but only certain parts of the auditory information are processed in the brain. Just like when I'm talking here, somebody else is talking, right? You will, some of you guys will have that selective hearing where you're just listening in to me, or some of you will be distracting. You'll be actually trying to listen to what is being whispered, right? Or if you're a parent and your children don't listen to you, even though you're yelling, that's selective hearing. Okay, but it is a medical, it is a medical condition, I guess. So let's see some, uh, some slides just so we can, if you're, just to ease up tonight. So it's, it's actually like an ignore switch. 
Selective hearing is you can choose to ignore it. You listen or you won't. The next one. It's a hearing aid at work. You can use this at work. It's a special hearing aid. It filters out criticism and amplifies compliments. Right? You choose what to hear. I think sir, this applies with, with father and mothers. <laughs> this is for the parents, parental hearing aid. Naughty girl, any more behavior like that, young lady, and there will be no ice cream for you. And what the girl heard was ice cream. <laughs> That's the only thing that she heard, blah, blah, ice cream. I thought it turned out better than this. <laughs> and here's for the husbands. This is a selective hearing aid for husbands. It's usually on TV most of the time. So, but women, since it's Father's Day, you have to know when we're in front of our TV, you can't talk to us. <laughs> we can't hear you. We'll pretend we're hearing you, but we... so these are these are selective hearing examples. And you know what? In our Christian walk as believers, we actually we actually do that too. We cherry pick from the Bible and we choose our speakers to benefit, to tickle our ear. Oh, I don't like what he says all the time. I'm going to go. I don't like this verse. I think this is for my husband. It's not for me. Oh, this is for my friend. When you're listening here and you hear something, you're like, oh, I wish my husband was here to listen to this message. You know, and then the other thing is you can... You just choose what God tells you. You hear of a command, but you'll ignore it. But you hear something else like grace. Everybody knows about grace. About the grace part of our, our Christianity. It's good. I love grace too. But there are other parts in our faith. So tonight as we go through the verses when Paul was going through, again, he's going to battle the false prophets that are that are trying to discredit him at the Corinthian church, you will see that we will see why the Corinthian church there, the Corinthian Christians, have somewhat of a selective hearing. Now, to introduce, before we get to the main verse, this is the question. Do you belong to God? John 8, 47. You can please turn your Bibles to John 8, verse 47. You know, it's nice to hear those pages turning, right? If you are thinking where John is, John is usually in the New Testament. I say usually because it could, some people move it now. <laughs> now it's in the New Testament. So he reads here, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. See, if you say you belong to God, you should be listening to God. That's a big criteria. It's so simple, but it's so huge. So if you're if you're not if you're not listening to God, so there's a difference between hearing and listening. Okay, hearing is simply the act of perceiving sound. You just heard something by the ear. If you are not hearing impaired, you're hearing all the time. But listen, hearing simply happens if you're not 
uh, hearing impaired. Listening, however, is something you consciously choose to do. Listening requires concentration so that your brain processes the meaning of what is being said, of the words and in the sentence. That's listening. Right? When I'm trying to talk to my children, I tell them, are you listening? And they said, yes. Are you listening? And they said, yes, dad, I'm listening. I know you're hearing me, but are you listening to what I'm telling you? Because it seems like you repeat yourself many, many times, and they still do it. They, you tell them, don't touch that. And what do they do? They touch it. And I give them my Bible on the way coming down here. I go, hey, please, here, hold my Bible. Be careful. As I turn around, boom, my Bible falls down. I lose another book. I lose another page there. I'm like, what? you know, it's, did you listen? There's the listening and the hearing part. So here, do you belong to God? Everybody. If you accepted Christ, yes. Your answer is yes, I belong to him. But are you listening to him? Or are you just happy to wear the T-shirt and you belong to him? You're just okay with that. Your description in your Facebook, well, no, you're about you, Christian. Praise God, right? Believer. Is it, so if we, this is the quantifier. If you belong to him, you should be listening. Gladly. That's why I chose this version. Listens gladly to the words of God. Since you're still there in John 8, please go to the verses. Um, where's my notes here? Go to the verse 43 to 45. Why is my, this is Jesus speaking. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because, Jesus speaking still, I tell the truth, you do not believe me. See, this is when the Jews were trying to disqualify Jesus, when they're trying to say that he is of the devil, when he has already done many miracles, but yet they still won't listen to him. And now he tells us this. So if this is true, that if you belong to God, you listen to him, the opposite is also true. If you cannot listen to God or will not listen to God, maybe you do not belong to him. Right? If your selective hearing responds more to what the world tells you, then maybe, and, and none of the words in the Bible drives you, you know, maybe there's a relationship problem. I'm pretty sure there's a relationship problem there, but at the same time, maybe you truly do not belong to God. Isn't that a good question to ask? That's a good question for every believer to ask. If there, especially if there is a struggle, if you are struggling, I would say, 
for me many times when I was struggling before, because I know I couldn't lose my salvation. That was clear. I researched that, I read it, and I, I embraced it. The problem was I kept doing the sinful things that I was doing because now I thought it was a license for me to sin, which was my mistake. Being saved by grace doesn't give us a license to sin. Amen? Okay, good. I hope that's clear. But the other thing is when we live it out. When it's time to live it out, when you're falling, and you're falling, and you keep falling, and you just don't, if there's no conviction to get up, and there's the words here when you're coming to church, you're like, none of this is making sense to me. Because you belong to the father of lies. If you've been living your life according to the world tells you, how the world tells you, guess what? You're living a lie. You're living a lie. What does the word tell us? Uh, be successful, right? And the, the success is equivalent to money. Money, fame, and the world tells us to have fun. If you have money and fame, you're, you're going to have fun. You can travel. You can eat whatever you like. You're probably popular too, right? But this past week, we know of two popular people or famous people that committed suicide. One of which was, was always traveling all over the world and eating all sorts of cuisines. And he has a show, right? But still, none of that. I'm pretty sure he had a boatload of money, but none of that still made him say, my life is precious. I should keep it. He was still in despair. The other person was a billionaire. Was a billionaire, and she still decided to take her life. So it's, it's what does the world tell you? And you follow that? And, you, and you're a believer, you're going to live an empty life. Because even if you're not a believer, you try to chase what the world tells you, you're going to run empty. You're going to run on empty. Because real fulfillment is the word I want to use. True fulfillment of our lives, especially for us believers, is only true through God. Only through Him. You will never find satisfaction as much as God can give you once you truly obey and follow him. As soon as you live your life for him, you will never really feel that real and true satisfaction. Only God and through him will you have that. So going back, do you belong to God? If you belong to him, then you listen gladly to him, not grudgingly. Gosh, I got to go to church again because I know Joe's going to call me. He's going to text me. <laughs> Best case is I text you, right? Because <laughs> you can still ignore it. <laughs> you put me on the red zone. It was red. I could see it, especially if you have an iPhone. He read it. Red receipt. Read zone, red. Because when you, after you read it, then it's past tense, it's red. <laughs> is it blue? It's still blue. <laughs> Here, God is a jealous God. Now to our 2 Corinthians. If you can all please turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Now Paul, 
speaking to the Corinthians. He said, I hope you will put up with me in a little foolishness. This is the ironic thing. They've been so foolish against him. Now he tells them, excuse me while I become foolish here. Because now he wants to speak their language. Now he thinks, maybe if I stoop down to your level, maybe now you can understand me. Maybe now you'll start listening. So he said, forgive me while I put up a little bit of foolishness here. Yes, please put up with me. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promise you to one husband to Christ so that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. We all, if you remember Corinthians, right? They're worse. They're the worst kind. Living La Vida Loca was living La Vida Corinthian, right? Was living like a Corinthian was that term before. They were the craziest, the most permissive people, right? But then here, how, why would Paul say this, that I might present you as a pure virgin to him? Because as soon as we accepted Christ as our Lord, we're a new creation. Amen? And this is what he's saying, because he feels like, Paul feels like he is the father of the Corinthian believers. So if for those of you who were married, who got married here, the person that brings you, like when Jamie got married last November to Dustin, my dad was the one who took her and presented her and she said who or they said who who gives this 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 lady who's this woman to be married i do my father said right so the this is what paul is saying you are like my children and i want to present you to christ as a pure holy and virgin to god but then somebody somebody has been the false prophets have been telling them wrong doctrines and they're entertaining it, some of them. It's been reported to him. And they're discrediting Paul. Right? So now he says, I, have, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For us to understand godly jealousy, we have to know, too, that God is a jealous God. Amen? Do we know that? Do we live like that? God, one of God's attributes is he is jealous. He is a jealous God. An attribute of God is any term that adequately completes the sentence, God is blank, right? So God is love. We, so most of us get stuck there. God is love, so he's going to permit me to continue to live my life in a very unholy way. But this is too, This is true. God is jealous. God is a jealous God. An attribute is something which God has declared to be true of himself. That's A.W. Tozer, The Attributes of God, Volume 2, page 282. So let's tackle the godly jealousy. I'm going to show, we're going we're to review, because most of us already know it, we're going to review that, you know, about God's jealousy, okay? But before that, we have, these are the three requirements for jealousy to happen. It's basically a love triangle, right? For the Filipinos here who has TFC, there's always, all your shows have a, tr there's always. Let me just break it for you, Richard and Jimmy. You're not missing anything. It's always gonna be a love triangle. A lover, a beloved, and a rival. This is what's required for someone to be jealous. Now, for us, how does this apply to us? Our lover is Jesus. 
He continues to pursue us. We are the beloved. We are the beloved. How much does he love us? He gave his son for us to die on the cross. The most excruciating way to die. You know the word excruciating comes from the word from the cross. That very word to describe how that felt like came from that. Because they didn't have any word. So they're like, man, sorry, let's, let's come up with that cross. Excruciating. That's how much he loves us. And the rival is everything else and anyone else that you put above God, above your relationship with God. Let me repeat. It's anything and anyone that you put above your relationship with God. Do we understand that God is a jealous God? Now, if we say we do, we understand, how are you living your life? Knowing that God is a jealous God. Because he gave you your life, correct? He gave us our lives. Our lives are sacred. Amen? Our lives are sacred. He saved us to what? To enjoy ourselves? No. He saved us to be happy? No. He saved us so we can travel all over the world? If you're a missionary, yeah, maybe. He saved us for him. Amen? Our lives should be spent for him. God is a jealous God. This is one attribute that we, I think, as new, modern, contemporary, progressive Christians that we are, we've forgotten. Oh, God is love. He'll understand. I don't know how many times I've heard this from a believer. Oh, God understands. God will understand, Joe. God will understand that you don't want to disobey, you continue to disobey him. That's what you tell me? That he will understand that you don't want to surrender your life to him? That everything else and everyone else is important to you than him? God will understand that? Well, let's just say that's not right, okay? Let's pretend that's not correct. Let's see this verse. God is a jealous God. Exodus 34, 14. Do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. Now tell me, how can you put this, knowing this truth about our God, how can you reconcile this with our lives on how we spend it and we make everything else important? Because what an idol is, is anything or anyone that you put above God. It's not just those statues that you got rid of, the statues that you got rid of. No, it's not the basketball player that you call, oh, that's my idol. It could be. It's everyone. It could be your children. It could be your career. It could be your spouse. It could be your ambition. Do not Worship any other God for the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous God. This is Eric Tones. He wrote the word, uh, book Godly Jealousy. We speak truly of God when we speak about him as he has spoken about himself. And he has told us that he is a jealous God. 
He is a jealous God, folks. We all know this. I'm pretty sure we all know this. Maybe 85% in the room knows it. But the thing is, we don't live like this. We all know he's a holy God. We all know he's a loving God. We all know he's a merciful and forgiving God. We all know that we understand it. But some of us have forgotten that he is a jealous God. And his jealousy is not the same as our jealousy, which is insecure. Our jealousy comes from insecurity. Oh, I don't want to lose my wife. If that's good. Yeah, you shouldn't want to lose your wife or your spouse. But if it becomes about you, it's selfish jealousy. Let's see some categories here. John Piper wrote this. God is not jealous like an insecure employer who fears that his employees might get lured away by a better salary elsewhere. God's jealousy is not the reflex of weakness or fear. Instead, God is just like a powerful and merciful king who takes a peasant girl from a life of shame, forgives her, marries her, and gives her not the chores of a slave, but the privileges of a wife, a queen. His jealousy does not rise from fear or weakness, but from a holy indignation at having his honor and power and mercy scorned by the faithlessness of a fickle spouse. It's a godly jealousy. It's a higher type of jealousy. So Paul is feeling that towards the Corinthian church because he truly loves them. The First and second Corinthians were categorized as the harshest letters that Paul has wrote. One of the harshest letters that Paul has wrote. But it comes from his love for them. So godly jealousy and God's jealousy is the same. So the challenge for us, folks, is that we need to live our lives knowing that God is a jealous God. The question is, are we doing it? With that in, in mind, this is the difference between envy and jealousy. Envy is the desire to gain possession of something that is not currently possessed. It's just like when you see your neighbor driving that nice car that you don't have, and you're like, oh, gosh, that's envy, right? You're a hater. You're a hater, basically. Jealousy is the desire, jealousy is the desire to maintain exclusive devotion within a relationship in the face of a challenge to that exclusive devotion. That's jealousy versus envy. How will you like if you are, if you are married to someone, how would you like if your spouse is talking about their ex with you in, in with their eyes glimmering, shimmering and glimmering? Oh, he was such a sweetheart. <laughs> are you, are you going to, okay, let's say, let's say you're in the same room and then she's telling it to your, to her friend. How would you like that? What are you going to feel? If you're, if you're like me, you're feeling like you want to break something, you know? <laughs> the jealousy rages on into your emotions, correct? Because my wife is my wife now. I could care less if the ex was nicer than I am. <laughs> right? That's jealousy. 
But envy is different. It's not yours. She or he is not yours. That car is not yours. And you're just envious. Two different things. We can all, we, we know this is very simple, right? Such a small reminder. But the question now is, how are you living your life? I'm going to keep asking that question. Are you living your life with the knowledge that God is a jealous God? Are you spending your life that you say is his, supposedly is his, how are you spending it for him? If we say time is the most expensive commodity, which it is, how are you spending your time here? Are you spending it for him or are you spending it for you? It's the hardest question, right? Because sometimes the answer is always the wrong thing. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, the, the, the beauty of it is if you recognize it, you heard God, right? If you hear what God says, if you belong to God, you hear what God says. You hear, you listen. Hopefully, as you step out of this building, the whole week you will do it. Because it's, it's going to be such a waste if you were paying for this meeting here. Pretend you were paying $1,000 to be here tonight to hear what God has to say, tell you. And then you're not going to do anything about it. I tell you, you're going to be writing notes. You're going to be taking my picture. You're going to be taking my video on your own phone if you paid $1,000. Because that's what they do in investment classes. Oh, in GSR, there's like 5 million investment classes during the summer. You pay a hundred bucks for you to get rich, right? <laughs> yeah, you pay them a hundred bucks, they'll tell you their secret. They'll tell you their secret on how to get rich. The first thing is, if it's a, such a secret, why would you tell it? If it's really working, why would you share it? You know where the money is? It's you, you. That's how they're making their money. But you pay it, you gladly pay it, and guess what? You do it. Those investment uh, classes for real estate, I get five calls minimum from people who go there and they tell me all their great ideas because they went to that class. Hopefully what we're talking about here, you will take it with you and you will do something about it. Pretend as if you paid a thousand dollars for it. Because this is, if time is the most expensive commodity in, in your life, you're spending it right now. You're spending an hour here. It'll be such a waste if you go out there and you won't do anything about it. Because you never know. We might not be here next week. Right? That's my prayer. My daughter hurt, hit 12 already. So I'm praying for the rapture. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> so if we know that God is jealous, if we know that God is jealous, and we acknowledge that he is jealous, that everything that we do, he wants us. He wants our obedience. He wants to be intimate with us. The God of the universe wants you. Can you please wrap your mind around that first with all humility? Because some of you probably think, well, of course, why wouldn't he want me? I'm so special. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, if you're going to be really honest, why would the God of the universe continue to pursue our relationship with you? Why? While your spouse wants you to get out of the house, the 8 o'clock, it's 8 o'clock, are you not going to work? 
Yeah, I'm not working today. <laughs> How about the God of the universe continues to pursue a love relationship with you? For those of you who have not accepted him as your Lord, think about that. If you can take yourself to heaven, why would he do the sacrifice of the cross to give his life there? And then the next question, when he did that, why? And then if you're that special for him, in gratitude, supposedly, in gratitude, out of gratitude of everything, of all that truth, in in, out of gratitude, you're going to obey. And you're going to oblige to that relationship. Now, there's a need for discernment. Believers, hopefully, here, at least us here, we have discernment, godly discernment. Because you know your doctrines, because you know your God. You know the right and the wrong. That's what discernment is, right? Should know, should be able to identify what's a mistake, what's false and what's true. Paul speaking, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, by serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. We've discussed this many times. The, the transformation starts in the mind, correct? It started here when you accepted Christ, your heart now belongs to Christ, right? But then your mind needs to continue to transform. By how? By studying his word. How do you study his word? You read his word. You come to church. You listen, right? The transformation comes here. But then it also becomes, it. this is the part where we get, this is where we, where we get distracted. Where we lose focus is here. Your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you, even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you received, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believe. Do you understand this? Do you understand that this up to now is happening because of the selective hearing, because of the selfishness of the believer himself, there is prosperity gospel. A lot of people would rather listen to that guy because that guy tells them, I can be rich. Name it, I claim it, boom, I have it. Right? They'd rather listen to that. There's, there's so many false prophets out there and people are falling into it. Some real Christians falling because of their lack of knowledge. Because if you don't change this, if you don't feed yourself and immerse yourself in the word of God, the inspired word of God, guess what? The world will continue to deceive you because the world is the enemies. He's the prince of this world. And his goal is to continue to, for the believer, to make you useless for the kingdom of God. Because he knows when you accepted Christ, it's done for him. Like, gosh, he accepted Christ already. Oh, well, I'll just make him useless. I'll keep him busy. Who were you? Which one here? <laughs> no show of hands. Most of us are always busy, right? 
sincerely busy with work, with children, with our family. Most of us are always busy. We never have time for God. Right? We never have time for God. Some of us will tell, some of you will tell me, some, some of you have told me, I'm working on Sundays. Good. But then you took a vacation three weeks before that, right? You took a vacation and you missed three Sundays on your vacation. You don't want your vacation to be done on an ordinary Sunday. You want it to be done outside the country. Which you deserve. Vacation, there's no problems with vacation. The problem is when there's no time for God, but you have time for everything else. Do we agree? Now, if we're going to think, again, for the sake of our topic tonight, jealous God. If God is a jealous God, and you're spending all these things for everything else, but not for him. And you can't identify because you have no discernment. And you're not developing your discernment because you, you, you could care less to sit on a Bible study. There's so many Bible studies. There's so many podcasts that you could listen to as well. But, you know, there's too many shows in Netflix that you'd rather do. Right? Netflix binge. Where's the popcorn? We're going to go through five seasons of a show. But you can barely go through one book of the Bible. And then your life as a Christian is like, and you wonder, I don't know why, Pastor Joe. I don't know why I'm not growing. Well, really? There has to be discernment. There has to be, you have to be able to identify that people out there right now, even up to now, are preaching a different Jesus. People are out there preaching a different kind of spirit, and there's different kinds of gospel. I pray that all of us here at this church, at least, we have developed our minds to the right doctrine, to the right belief, to the right gospel, to the right and true Jesus. Amen? This is his problem here. They're not seeing it. He, he has to write two letters for his dismay. But because he loves them, he truly loves them. In verse 5, but I don't consider myself in fear in any way to these super apostles. Now, the false prophets at, in Corinth were calling themselves a, the super apostles. They were part, they're, they're considering themselves as part of the original 12, right? We, we talked about this last week, about the credentials that they were carrying with them. And then they're just building themselves up. They're puffing up their, their credentials, their accolades. That's they're saying that we're part of the super apostles. We're the super apostles. But here, Paul will tackle it ever so lightly without disrespecting the original apostles. And he says here, who teach such things? I may be unskilled as a speaker, but I'm not lacking in knowledge. Folks, the, what is said should matter more than how it was said. When it comes to our faith, what was said should matter more than how it was said. Most of us, some of us, we like compelling preachers. We can hear everything they're saying. Our selective hearing goes to them. 
right? It's just like with my children sometimes. I tell them one thing here, right? And they're not listening. They won't listen. They're not doing it. And someone else tells them, they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got it. Like, wait a minute. I was telling you that earlier. You told, told me differently. You said it differently, right? What was said should matter more than how it was said. Do we agree? That should be our focus. It shouldn't be anything else. Because Paul is, says, yeah, I'm not a good speaker, but I don't lack knowledge. We have made this clear to you in every possible way. Was I wrong when I humbled myself and honored you by preaching God's good news to you without expecting anything in return? Now, this verse 7 here means because Paul decided not to take payment from the Corinthian church. So the super apostles, the false prophets that were with them, they made an issue out of that. Because when Jesus sent out the disciples before, before this, Jesus told them, don't take anything with you. Right? Just go out there. So that's been the missionary practice of everyone. So when Paul and his crew decided, hey, we're not going to take anything from these guys. because But they do take some from the volunteer, from the churches that were more than happy to give it to them. Because Paul and his team, were their main focus was to just empower these guys. And plus they had a problem giving it anyway. Now instead of them being thankful for that, they took it against Paul. Because of the false prophets saying, see, if he were a true disciple of Jesus, why is he not taking payments? That's what they said. So now, here, now they're faulting him for that. They're faulting him. And he says there, I robbed other churches by accepting their contributions so I could serve you at no cost. See, this Corinthian church is such a pain in the behind for Paul, right? <laughs> He worked almost close to a volunteer status for them. But yet, some people whispered things to them. And now they're faulting him for that good action. What? Sometimes that's how we are. Believers, sadly. I'm, I don't mean you guys, okay? <laughs> sadly, some of us are like that. I know we discussed this last week that the, the credentials is what we look for. We stereotype people. And then we have our own preferences. Oh, because he has a degree. He knows everything that he's talking about. He should know. He has money. Listen to him. That guy's poor. Don't, don't even invite him. <laughs> right? Some of us act that way. And here, again, they're make the, this, this shows you the shallowness of the, some of the, the Christians in Corinth. I hope and pray that we don't act this way. We have to see these couple things again. Going back to the points here where Paul intentionally did not want to take money from them because he knows they had a problem giving anyway. Right? This is where you say, damned if you do, damned if you don't. That's what happened to him. So we need discernment. We need discernment. We need to know, is this God's will? Is this, is this the right gospel? Well, how do we do that? By the renewing of our mind. That's the only way. Warning against false prophets. True and false 
prophets. This is Jesus speaking. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. It's still happening up to now. So be careful. Have discernment, as we talked about earlier. Have discernment. Now here, the, the, the selective hearing will apply very well with discernment. If you're hearing something is this, that was said that was wrong, that's not biblically correct, you should be able to identify that. And right away, you should point them, categorize them to hear a false prophet. Oh, there you go, Joe. I don't like that. I've had this many arguments with some people that just wants our belief, our faith, to just be about love. It is greatly about love. Christianity is about love, yes. But you will never know the love of God if you don't know his wrath. We agree. And there is, there is a certain thing that's called false, right? There's, there's always something that's true, and there's something that's incorrect. Correct? <laughs> true. <laughs> and people will say, well, I'm entitled to my own opinions. You're right, you are, but you're not entitled to your own facts especially when it comes to the Word of God. If Jesus tells us and warns us, be careful of false prophets, how will I, why will I tell you, no, you know, it, it changed. It's about love now. We have to love each other. There's no such thing as false prophets. They're out there. You have to be able to know your discernment, how, again, the studying of the Word, But we just don't take time. There's there's lack of commitment in believers now. That's why the, the church is dying. The church is dying because there's lack of commitment. There's lack of committed Christ followers. There's not enough committed Christ followers. There's a lot of Christians confess Christ followers. Whereas there's not a lot of committed Christ followers. Committed means all for it, right? You, you've sold into the idea, you've sold into the faith, and you're going to do whatever it takes to obey God, to live your life according to His will and to His ways. Some of us, we just live our lives the way the world tells us to live it. Get rich or die trying is your motto. Here, there's a warning against false prophets. And when I was with you and didn't have enough to live on, I did not become a financial burden to anyone. Paul, letting them know the obvious. For the brothers who came from Macedonia brought me all that I needed. I've never been a burden to you and, I've never, and I never will be. As surely as the truth of Christ is in me, no one in all of Greece will ever stop me from boasting about this. Why? Because I don't love you? God knows that I do. The Corinthian believers sold into the fact, to the, 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 they sold into the story of the false prophets, that Paul was a false prophet just because he, number one, because he wasn't taking their payment. 
And then him did not taking their payment. Now the Corinthian church was saying, what, you don't like us? You don't love us? That's what they're telling Paul. That's why Paul says, what, you don't think I love you? That's why I'm not taking money from you? God knows that I do. Call, it's so hard to argue with people that don't want to listen, correct? Again, the selective hearing of the Corinthian church was now, they were just now listening to the false prophets. Believer, whom, to whom are you now listening to? When I say listen, is how is your life now? How are you spending your life right now? How are you living your life? Are you living it for God or are you living it to what the world is telling you to live it? To which fact have you sold into? Because those are both true. You can live your life the way the world tells you to live it. Or you can live it the way God wants you to live it. There's, but then there's nothing. For, for Paul here, when he did this, he's like, why is this being taken against me? I got really big to a point I keep hitting now the, the mic. There's not enough room. I got really, I got really chubby. Um, as surely as the truth of Christ is in me, no one in all Greece will ever stop me from boasting about this. Paul never wanted to become a burden to them, but yet they took it against him. Believers, we have to know that God doesn't, God doesn't want to be a burden to us. God doesn't want to be a burden to us. But we, you know what? Sometimes we act as if he is a burden to us. Do you agree? How? How, Joe, explain? Church, 5 o'clock. Sundays at 5 o'clock. Why is it such a burden for you to make it? God just wants you to be with him. God just wants you to spend time with his people. Prayer. How much praying do you do? Talking to him. He just wants you to talk to him, right? Just like any other parent that wants to be in a relationship with their children. They want to be talking, correct? They want to have a dialogue with their loved ones. Same with God. But why do we act as if it's such a burden? To a point you have a timer while you're praying. Lord, you know what I'm about to say before I even say it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Some of us, we pray like that. Oh, God knows what I need. Alam na niya. Even before I say it. He already knows even before I say it. God, how about the reading part? He says transformation of our minds. Continue to be renewed, right? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. But we act as if it's such a burden to read. Oh, gosh. I need to finish this because I need to go to work. Right? The attitude seems to be that way instead of just welcoming it like, oh, Lord, you've done everything for me. You continue to do everything for me. You've blessed me with another morning. You kept me healthy all these years. What do you have in store for me? But some of us, we just Pretending such a big burden. After everything that Paul has done for them, for their benefit, they now accuse him of being a false prophet. They now tell him, you don't love us. That's why you didn't take our money. 
You're a false prophet. That's probably why you're not taking our money. Unlike these guys who have all these credentials as actors, this guy was finished here, finished there, and they're taking our money. They're the real prophets. See, if you, if you, if you commit to a lie, right, it, it's going to snowball too. Before you know it, you're not the smartest person in the world because you've sold into a lie. Like just like Eve, when he was, when when Eve was lied to, it was to her mind. Surely you won't die. That's what the enemy told her, right? But what happened? Spiritual death and physical death came to mankind because of that lie from the enemy. Are you still buying into the lie of the enemy? Oh, come on. Just one time. It's now or never, Joe. You never know. You might get rich. This might be it. You might get rich. One Sunday won't hurt. Two Sundays won't hurt. Man, you can listen. You can watch Facebook. There's a, it's uploaded there. Oh, you don't have to give that. You don't have to spend time with them. You don't have to pray. They're praying for you. Just text them. Pray for me. <laughs> group text them. Have all the leaders right there. Text them. Group text them. Hi, guys. Righteous people in the FICF. <laughs> Please pray for me. Because I don't have time. The funny thing is, when we're all healthy, when everything's going well, right? When we have money, we have health, and we're happy, right? We, we don't have time for God, it seems like. It seems like. Not for all of us, right? But some. But then when trouble hits, right? When we, all, we always keep saying, when things are going well, oh, I'm busy. I'm busy. When things are not going well, guess what do you have time for? You have time for a prayer meeting? You have time for Bible study. You have time for church. Three services. You go. Because now you're asking for help. Now you're like, Lord, help me. Now does it have to, sadly, for some of us, this is true. Sometimes God has to send trouble to get our attention. Sadly. The prayer is that we don't have to go through trouble in order for us to get into a serious relationship with him. Do we agree? Do you have to wait for your spouse to tell you, I'm going to file for a divorce because you barely spend time with me? Yes, I am your husband. Yes, I am your wife. But you don't treat me like one. You just expect me to cook for you. <laughs> you just expect me to eat everything you cook, is what the husband says. But you have no time for me. There's no love relationship. Is that the only time you're going to say, you know what, sweetheart? I'm going to take you seriously. No. I'm going to work on our relationship. Sadly, for some of us, we have to face that. For us to get into a serious note. Hopefully, hopefully we get smarter with our relationship with God first. Let's continue. 2 Corinthians 11, 12 to 13. But I will continue doing what I have always done. This will undercut those who are looking for an opportunity to boast that their works is just like ours. I like this line. But I will continue doing what I have always done. Paul, regardless of all the, the things that have been said about him, the bad things that's being said about him, regardless of how the Corinthian church have treated him and his team, he could care less 
He said, I'm going to continue to do what I've always done. For those, for those of you who are serving God, and things are, seem to not be going well, attacks are coming left and right, just the second, the minute they decided to follow God ever so closely, then trouble comes. I pray that you will continue to do what you've always done. I pray that you will continue to do what you've always done. Not because now there's trouble like, oh my gosh, never mind. No, continue to do what God has told you. Just like when we read about David last time, right? David was running towards Goliath. Running. Because he knew God was, gonna, God was with him and God was going to give Goliath to him. That should be the same with us. If God has called you to do something, despite the challenges or the, the storms that you're facing, continue to do what you're going to do. But you've always done. These people are false apostles. Now, Paul, directly now, just charging. Now he's, he's going to go to, he's go, going for the low blow now. He's going for the knockout punch against these false prophets. He says, these people are false apostles. Oh my gosh, that's not Christian-like. If Paul was alive right now, those people will be the Christians, the other Christians will say, Paul is not a real Christian. He's not loving. How could he say they're false apostles? They're serving God. They gave up their lives for God. They're out there serving God. Hey, you know what? One can look like they're serving God, but it doesn't mean they are. Because Jesus already told us, be careful, beware of false apostles. They be, there are wolves in sheep's clothing. And here Paul calls it out. Call, he, he, just, he just said it. Be, these people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. There are more Christians that, are, that fall into this trap this time than any other time. Why? Because of what we're saying. There's no discernment. There's no head knowledge anymore. We just enjoyed the grace and we went with it. Accepted Christ, that's it. I'm done. Oh, I'll listen to that guy. Oh, yeah. He'll make me rich. What? Why else? Will you read the Bible and study the Word? Because you want to learn. You want to learn the truth. You just don't want to hear it from me, right? You want to verify if I'm telling you it's true. So you go to your Bible and look at it. You look at it. You examine it. If it's not making sense, read some commentaries. Study. We don't like studying anymore. We like Christianity. We like microwave Christianity, right? The greatest message that I've ever heard only took five minutes, Pastor Joe. Five minutes. Maybe you need to learn from that guy. Because <laughs> you take an hour and a half and he still don't make sense to me. Why do we expect a life-changing turn in five minutes? I've accepted Christ last month, Joe, but this is not working. I've sat in Richard's, Richard's Bible study for four Sundays. I've sat in your Bible study for four Sundays. But nothing's changing. Your God's not real. <laughs> right? Some of us, we want that instantaneous thing. Because the world has deceived, 
they deceived us that it can happen just like that, right? Yeah, you've heard of many people who got rich just like that, right? No, even that's not real. The people that get rich right away, the lottery winners, they lose it really fast too. Because they lack the knowledge of money knowledge. They don't know it. They just know how to spend it. The people that build empires, it takes many years. But you expect to have a fulfilling relationship with the Lord by spending so little time in studying his word, associating with other believers, praying so little, but you expect God to change your life ever so quickly. And you believe the false prophet that said, it can work. Just send $25 to this number. Call now and we will tell you the right prayer, the right way to pray. And you fall into it. You call that number, you send that check. You might not be sending the check, you might not be calling the number, but your life seems to be following what a false apostle tells you. There's so many false gospels out there, so many false prophets out there. And here, Paul is saying they are disguised looking like apostles of Christ. Now, going back, God is a jealous God. If he is a jealous God, are you cheating on him? Because you are, he is the bridegroom, and we are the bride. The church is the bride, right? So are you cheating on God? Knowing that he is a jealous God. Let me read this to you. This is by John Piper. God is infinitely jealous for the honor of his name and responds with terrible wrath against those whose hearts should belong to him but go after other things. That's us. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord, our hearts should belong to him. For example, in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 38 to 40, he says to the faithless Israel, I will judge you as women who break wedlock and shed blood and bring, you, bring upon you the blood of wrath and jealousy. And I will give you into the hand of your lovers and they shall throw you down your vaulted chamber. They shall strip you of your clothes and take your fair jewels and leave you naked and bare. They shall bring up a host against you and cut you to pieces with swords. Do you know, believer, that if you believe in the lie of the world and you live your life according to how the world tells you, it will cut you to pieces? You will live an empty life and you will it's a bottomless pit. Everything that the world tells you is good, it's only good for a little while. But in, at the end of the day, it will eat you up. It's not the life for us. I urge you to listen to this warning. The jealousy of God for your undivided love and devotion will always have the last say. Let me read that again. The jealousy of God for your undivided love and devotion will always have the last say. God is relentless. Amen? 
He is relentless. You can run, but you cannot hide. And you will get tired sooner than later. And he will still have his way. Whatever lures your affections away from God with deceptive attraction will come back to strip you bare and cut you in pieces. It is a horrifying thing to use your God-given life to commit adultery against the Almighty. Do we understand that? God has given us this life that we live. It should be lived for Him. I see some people shaking their heads. But is that how we're living our lives? Or are we cheating on God? I'm married with Anna. Both of us won't appreciate that part. If one of us cheats on each other, that's that's disaster. Right? So if you can make that commitment to your spouse, and if you have that, that same anger, if, if you think, oh, if that ever happens to me, but how about you? How about us with God? How are we living our God-given gift of life? But for those of you who have been truly united to Christ and who keep your vows to forsake all others, and there are, there are some of you out there, and I praise God for you, and cleave only to Him and live for His honor, for you the jealousy of God is a great comfort and a great hope. When Anna, when Anna is jealous every now and then, I feel good. I'm like, oh, yeah, she still likes me. <laughs> right? Every now and then. It's not, it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> but it's a great comfort. God's jealousy for those of us who are obeying Him, for those of us who are living our lives for Him, it serves as a good comfort for us. Because we know our God, the Almighty God, the God of the universe, the God that created all things, is jealous for our time. That's amazing. Since God is infinitely, infinitely jealous for the honor of His name, anything and anybody who threatens the good of His faithful wife will be opposed with divine omnipotence. God's jealousy is a great threat to those who play the harlot, and sell their heart to the world and make a fool out of God. We, we, when we find out about somebody who's being cheated on, right? Have you had those friends who you know their spouse is cheating on them and they're not doing anything about it? You're like, what's wrong with him? He's such a pushover. Why can't he make a decision? Why can't he just leave her? You know, sometimes if you think about that, why are we treating God that way? If you're playing around with God, you're acting as if he's not a jealous God for you, and you're just living your life for your own benefit, you're thinking him as a pushover. Oh, he'll just take it. He loves me anyway. I'll go back to him anytime I want to, and he'll take me back. We don't like people like that, right? We don't like people like that. We, we, we smirk like, what? The nerve with this person to take advantage of his or her love like that. How about us with God? But his jealousy is a great comfort for those who keep their covenant 
vows and become strangers and exiles in this world. We have become Christians. We're supposed to, we are still of, we are still in this world. We can't help it. Well, we cannot become a part of this world. We are Christ's ambassadors. But again, I gave this, this, this example before that if the U.S. ambassador becomes too friendly with Russia, our ambassador in Russia becomes too friendly with them and starts giving secrets away, he's considered an enemy, a traitor. It's the same with us. If we now live our lives like we are part of this world completely and the world loves us, we have become the enemy of God. Right? That's how we're living it. Again, the selective hearing part. Did you hear everything that God has said tonight? I pray that you do. Because if not, this is what's... Skip that. I already got my hour marker there. All right. 2 Timothy 4.3 For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. That's the problem now. You know, if you don't like what you're hearing here, it, but it's the truth, but the Holy Spirit's convicting you, what, and then you just want to continue to live your life the way you want to, you're going to look for a church that will start saying the right things to you. A church that doesn't convict. I, I went to visit a church in, in, in Milpitas one time, and I tell you, they, they did, went to, um, they spoke about Moses, but it really feels like a managerial class. He really did, because they started talking about how Moses delegated the responsibilities to the other people, and they stuck with that. It's about delegation of responsibilities, but there was no conviction. There was no, as much as that was true, he delegated it, but that's not, we're not here to learn managerial skills, right? We're here to learn about God's truth. We're here to learn that what we're doing, if it's wrong, we need to hear it, Right? See, but the world has now become this. We, that's why churches pop up all the time. Oh, they're not saying the right things there. Boom. They're not singing the right songs there. Boom. Oh, I'll go here. I'll go there. That's why move, people move. They move churches, right? If you're moving churches because there was, you discerned that there was an error in their doctrine there, good for you. All right? So that's, that's the only time you move churches. If there's an error in doctrine. But if you're moving church because you don't like what was said, but it convicted you and you know the Holy Spirit was talking to you, then you're wrong. I'd say stay in that church. They're convicting you of your sins. If they're telling the truth about God, stay. That's where you need to be. I know the title of our message was, Thou shalt not practice selective hearing. And I know we got into God's jealousy. As Paul said, I have... I feel godly jealousy towards you, the Corinthian church. And now we spoke about false prophets. This is chapter 11, up to ver verse 1 to 15. There's going to be more, but the rich will tackle the next ones. Next week, I will be discussing about, we'll be on Father's Day. But before I, before I do that, let's close with this thought right here. The rest of the world 
have tried. It's best to continue to ignore the truth about our Lord. And they continue to do it. About our Lord and our faith. The, the enemy continues to deceive people. The church too, since the Corinthians, continued to fall into the trap of selective hearing. And we constantly flame up God's jealousy and his anger as we engage in selfish and sinful living because of our wrong understanding of the scriptures, wrong doctrines, or lack of knowledge of the doctrines, the teachings of our faith. Jesus said, if the world hated me, it will hate you. The question is, why do we keep trying to be loved by the world and continue to break our Lord's heart in pursuit of that? We cannot cherry pick or selective hear what we want from God. If we do that, we make ourselves the Lord of our lives. And no matter how successful or happy we think we are, we are not pleasing our God. And he will make sure we know it sooner or later. Having an honest, honest heart and a humble heart means a willing spirit to listen to what God is saying. And then if you're truly convinced of what he said, it should prompt action, obedience to what was said. Our love relationship with him is measured by obedience. Because he said in his word, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And our obedience is developed by willingness to learn. And you won't have willingness to learn if you are proud. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Again, he who belongs to God, hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. If you love me, obey my words. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening of your truth, Lord God, that uh, you have spoken once again. Father, we ask for forgiveness for all of our sins, the many times that we have taken you for granted, the many times that we made ourselves Lord, the many times, Lord God, that... Uh, We'd rather hear what we want to hear. Forgive us, Lord, for our lack of commitment with our relationship with you. For spending most of our time with our other things other than you. The many other things that the world offers instead of just spending time with you. Forgive us, Lord, for spending the most expensive commodity that we have, which is our time. Your, our God-given life. Forgive us for spending it in the wrong places with the wrong people father help us lord god to be more committed to you to be more obedient to be obedient help us father to just change father for your glory and yours alone father we trust in you as we say that lord god we want to obey you lord we trust that everything that was said tonight was from you. And I pray, Lord God, that you will give us the boldness and the courage and the willingness to obey. 
Protect everyone tonight, Lord God, as we go through the week. And remind us of this lesson that we've heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's the end of today's message. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and want to support our mission of reaching others, help grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com slash give. To get the latest updates from our channel, hit the subscribe button. Visit our Facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how God is moving in your life.